0: They say that experience is the best teacher and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success for this season of the guy who knows a guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money and we'll meet some people who've been successful in very unique ways entrepreneurship is an exciting journey and we're glad to be along for the ride with you here's your host the guy who knows a guy michael whitehouse Hello and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I am Michael Whitehouse, the Guy Who Knows a Guy. I have an awesome guest here today, Douglas Vermeeren. He is a multiple entrepreneur. He has interviewed 400 of the world's top business leaders. He did that back when he was 19, and he's gone on to do many more great things since then. This interview is part of a series of me finding people who have been successful, who've done the big things, and who are then going to share with me and through me, with you, the audience, how they did it so that we can actually follow in their footsteps because... These people aren't born with magical talents and most of them aren't born with millions so they can do it. We can do it. That's the idea at least. So Douglas, thank you for being on the show. Excited to have you here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Michael. This is cool. Absolutely. So, so share a little bit. We were talking before we started about your, your movies, those interviews. Um, So share a little bit about who you
1: are and what you've done. Well, let's, let's maybe give you a bit of context. I love that you started talking about people who didn't have anything and were able to create incredible results. I kind of feel like every day I look at my life, it's a miracle. You hear this, this is trite, everybody says mm-hmm. that. But the reality is, is, you know, I was raised kind of in the poverty pattern, meaning my parents, they kind of, you know, they worked jobs, they were in the rat race, the whole bit. And um, I really didn't do well in school. In fact, I was a terrible student. I had very, very low non-passing grades. And uh, even in college, as I scraped by to get in there, to be honest with you, I actually uh, challenged the test, and I just barely made it in by a bit. But (laughs) when when I was there, um, just show you how broke I was, uh, I was really like hurting for groceries one day, and I went to the grocery store. I put down a simple loaf of bread, a jug of milk, a couple of those Itchy Ban instant noodles. The total was $4.22, yet my card declined. So I had nothing. I was like broke. And what did I do for the rest of the week or month or whatever to get food? Well, I tried to make friends with whoever would have me come and visit. So that's kind of how I survived. I made it. But for me, kind of what happened is um, maybe like some of your people, obviously, I started feeling a little bit of depression. I mean, I wasn't moving forward in life. I started you know, looking at my life and my, my school marks and all the things everybody was telling me. And what do, what do we say that if you hang out with five losers, you become the sixth, you become <laughs> like the five people you spend the most time with. So the people even that I was around were not super encouraging. And so I really got frustrated and I was in a state of depression. Uh, I moved to California and I started selling pest control door to door. So that didn't help because door to door sales is often difficult and telling people they've got bugs is not encouraging. And so I honestly, I I just wasn't doing great. And so my depression kind of continued even downwards. I just didn't know what I was going to do. And around that time, I had somebody who came to me and they gave me the book uh, or actually two books, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And he said it. He said it in a mean way. He said, the first person you need to become friends with is yourself. I was like, what does that even mean? Right? Like as a 19 year old, I thought that was kind of a little bit insulting. So I was like, okay, thanks. Probably not going to read it. And then he gave me another book that was called Think and Grow Rich. And obviously the rich part, I was like, I got to figure that part out because, you know, I mean, I I need some money right now. So as I read it, to be quite frank, I I didn't really buy into a lot of the ideas at first. And this idea of if you believe it, you can achieve it. I mean, I'd seen enough TV with these reality shows like American Idol or whatever. Kids believe a lot that they're going to do amazing things, but then they start singing and it's like, yeah, right. I don't care how much you believe it. You're an idiot, right? Like you just, you shouldn't be here. And so that didn't quite cut it for me. And so more than anything, that book made me curious and a little bit jealous for those who aren't familiar with the book, you remember that Napoleon Hill went out and he interviewed 400 of the world's top achievers. In his day, it was people like Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, the Rockefellers, the Wrigley's, all these people. So I decided that's what I wanted to do. So as a 19 year old, I started reaching out to people who were highly successful, kind of like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. and. I really looked for what were the blueprints, like what is the system, what are the commonalities, what are the things that these guys did, how did they think, Uh, what were the actions that they took, how did they prioritize their day, blah, 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 and um, interestingly enough, I found some really incredible things, and in a very short time, uh, because most of them were business leaders and entrepreneurs, I got bit by the business bug. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not hanging around five losers anymore. I'm hanging around five multimillionaires mm-hmm. or billionaires, people that created brands like FedEx and Nike and Reebok and uh, you know, all the big names. So, of course, I got bit by the business bug and literally in about 6 months I was able to create my first million. I actually, we did 1.6 million in 180 days, which is about 9,000 a day. We can talk a little bit later about how we kind of did that, but we'll I have to talk about uh, that, yeah. The the, the, <laughs> the simple way to do it is you find somebody who's doing something really well and you copy them. That's it. Okay, so there's there's the book. You just bought the book, right? <laughs> copy a millionaire. Um, this idea of taking a millionaire out to lunch I think is a great idea, but the reality is, is you can only lo- learn so much at a lunch. You need to have a relationship with them ongoing so that they can really help you stretch to your next level. Now, from there, and like I said, we'll talk about that later. Um, I also got, uh, funny enough, um, I became a little bit of a speaker. I didn't even know that industry existed. But I had somebody come up to me one day and said, hey, I heard you just chatted with Richard Branson. Can you come and speak to our group? And I'm thinking, well, this is probably like five guys around a table at lunchtime. So I said, Sure. And I showed up and there was like 300 people in a room ready to hear me speak. I had no notes prepared. I had nothing. I was like, ah, so I took a flip chart and I basically said, well, yeah, I got a chance to interview Richard Branson and a whole pile of other people. What would you guys like to know? And so I started just kind of using the flip chart and sharing life stories and the things that they told me and these kind of things. Um, in fact, one story that I, uh, I'll i never forget that happened to me, one of the founders of FedEx became a close friend like my grandpa. His name was Frank McGuire. And just in regards to money, this is kind of a cool story for your people who are listening about money. Uh, we were leaving a hotel one time, Frank and I. And this young guy was putting our, our luggage into the car and stuff. And um, he comes around for his tip and he holds out his hand. And well, Frank, he you know, pulls out a $5 bill and he goes to hold it out. The kid grabs part of it. Frank grabs the other part, but he doesn't let go. And he says to the kid, he goes, what did I just give you? And this poor kid, he's like shrugging. He's like, I, I don't know, five bucks. And Frank goes, what's it worth? And this young kid kind of like shrugs. And he's like, I don't know, five bucks. And goes, no, it all depends on what you do with it next. And then Frank taught him and me as I was standing there that every dollar that we ever have is really a seed. And Mm -hmm. how you use those seeds will determine a lot of the outcomes. $5 is never worth $5, right? It all depends on what you do with it next. So it was just an insightful thing. So I did this presentation anyways, answering questions, sharing stories like that. I'm not a sophisticated guy. We just had fun. But at the end of this, I had some people come up and say, could you come speak to our group? Could you come speak to our group? And I was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Finally, this lady comes up to me and she says, what do you charge to speak? And I'm like, people get paid for this? Like, I never knew people got paid for this. So right away, I got on the phone with some of these top achievers that I'd um, interviewed and I talked to them about this. And here I found out that some of these guys were getting like a hundred grand to come out and speak. So I was like, yeah, this could be a good career because it's fun. I like it Mm -hmm. and I have some value. So I started speaking and I started sharing the stage with every big name that you can imagine. I've shared the stage with everybody from The Secret. I just got off like a big 26-city tour with them. I've shared the stage with, you know, you name it. I've shared stage everybody. In fact, uh, one of my last events prior to pandemic is I was sharing the stage with Grant Cardone. Uh, anyway, so I do that around the world. And then um, I've always enjoyed film and TV. So uh, when The Secret came out, I already knew all those people. And so I decided to make a movie of my own. And we did a movie called The Opus in 2008. Random House picked it up as a book. They did 23 languages worldwide. It was incredible. Uh, We had screenings all over North America and Europe and Asia and everywhere. So it was so much fun doing the movie. Um, And it changed my speaking business, by the way. We'll talk about that later. I was invited to do a big event with Deepak Chopra and Tony Robbins and all these guys. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, I decided to do a couple more movies. So I took information that I'd learned and in interviewed my top achievers. And we did a movie called the gratitude experiment, the power of gratitude. We did mm-hmm. another one called the treasure map, which talks about the mindset around money and how to create abundance with real techniques. And then we did another one just recently called how thoughts become things where you remember in the secret, they said thoughts become things. Well, now we talk about how. <laughs> and we get into not only, yeah, not only the positive psychology of it and the law of attraction, but also the neuroscience and the psychology and the real practical application. And in that film, I brought uh, you know, my friends Bob Proctor and Dennis Waitley, Joe Vitale, John DiMartini, John Osarov, Bob Doyle from The Secret, Marie Diamond, and a handful of others. So that's kind of one of the recent projects, and that's what is out now. So people can see that movie right now at at the website, how Um, but then I also was very curious. You see, when I made my first million, and we've done pretty good over the years. um, I'll talk a little bit about this later. One of my definitions of wealth is that you get to keep your time and your freedom. So I've really always been focused on not just building wealth, but how do you do it in passive ways? So Mm -hmm. that the money flows through a system. Money doesn't come through a trade. I like what John D. Rockefeller once said, that most people work so hard they'll never become rich. They're too busy right? Mm-hmm. And and Warren Buffett once said, if you, if you don't learn how to make money while you sleep, you're going to work until you die. So this kind mm-hmm. of became a bit of a, a, a job for me to figure this out. I wanted to know how is passive income created? So over the years, I went out and um, uh, how did I learn in the beginning? It was the interviews. So I assembled again, another 700 millionaires and multimillionaires this time, not necessarily business leaders, People that have made their money either through a corporate thing, working forever, investing maybe in a 401k and building it through their home and their property. And then, you know, then they have cash uh, equivalent of a million. Uh, And by the way, banks have three different definitions of millionaire. We can talk about that later. I interviewed people who had been self made through a business or through real estate or through investment or through selling intellectual property. Like I know there's a lot of coaches that have books out and programs out. So there's people that make millions there. But I also talked to people who created franchise models or licensing things that they did, et cetera. And then, of course, something nobody ever thinks about is making money through network or community, let's call it, right? There's only really a handful of things you can sell. You can sell an asset, a service, information, or community. And so I also interviewed people that made their millions doing that. And so kind of what happened with that study, first of all, is we started teaching it from like the passive income point. Uh, Money Magazine a couple of years ago rated me as the number one passive income teacher in the world, although I don't consider myself that. But what they did is they didn't, you know, I, I talked to him, I said, well, why did you pick me? And they said, well, we didn't look at you. And I was like, well, then how did you make me number one? And they said, well, we looked at your students and you had the highest number of people that were able to generate a minimum of $10,000 per month effectively. And the highest, and I won't mention who the other wealth or real estate teachers that are out there, the highest me was 78.2%, which if you think about it, that's like a room of a hundred people, 78 mm-hmm. people stand up. They were successful. So I said, well, what about the other guys? Like who's behind me? Who's the most successful? Uh, Again, I won't mention any names, but you imagine who the rich dads are and who the Cardones are and all these other people. (laughs) He said the, the closest behind me, he said, he said was just over 18%. Now, granted, if we're being honest, and this is the value to your audience, um, You know, some of these guys do complicated strategies where you're either having to learn how to buy stocks or trade Forex Mm -hmm. or you're having to do real estate or blah, blah, blah. And and when you're there, it sounds really good as you're learning it. But when you get out into the real world, all of a sudden, if you don't have that guy beside you as a mentor, some of these deals can get kind of complex. And so, you know, although there may be 100 people in a room that learn it, only 18% are generally able to go out and be super effective with it. Right. Because it it often is much more complex. So as I went to study the 700 millionaires, which is a little different than what some of these other guys have have done, I was able to find techniques that work for any kind of skill set, any kind of education level, any kind of like, here's the deal. You don't have to be a financial expert. I think that just complicates things. But I actually know the real predictable patterns from millionaires right? Mm -hmm. Like what are their daily routines? And if if you're a coach or you're a business owner, or you want to do real estate, or you want to invest, what are the actual ways to get started step-by-step so that you have the most effective results? So I've kind of got a complete view of the landscape. And kind of what I found when I did those interviews with the original 400 business leaders, but also these 700 millionaires, there's a lot of misinformation out there. In fact, a lot of the, as you can imagine, the coaches and gurus that are out there, you know even Tony Robbins admit that he learned his material from Jim Rohn and from the you know founders of NLP and then he turned that into his own thing. Well most coaches are like that. You know they go see the movie The Secret and tomorrow they're a law of attraction coach. Mm-hmm. And so as a as a participant you're kind of like getting a photocopy of a photocopy of someone else's material, right? Whereas in with me I didn't I didn't intend to turn out to be a personal development guy, but with the interviews I actually got all my information from the source. So if you're asking me, okay, so how do you market? I'll tell you what the marketing director of Uber told me, or the marketing director from KFC or American Airlines or FedEx. I'll tell you what they told me, which is different than me reading a book about it, right? Or experimenting with my client's money. So in a nutshell, you know, I know that's been a long-winded, uh, you know, introduction to kind of this. Hopefully, some of what I said is useful. But that's kind mm-hmm. of who I am and and what we share. But. Let's keep talking. This is good. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, and that, that's
0: that's great. I love that concept of of going out and speaking to people. And so, a lot of times when I talk to to people in my non entrepreneurial circles, uh, they'll they'll be very skeptical when I say things like like you know you you are the sum of all the choices you've made in your life, or anyone mm-hmm. can do this. And they'll say, "Well, what about a single mom? What about someone who's this? Yeah. What about someone who's that?" And I think it's often because that first step. Because once you've made $1.6 everything after that is leveraging resources, leveraging connections, leveraging what you have. Well, well, the Um, the
1: most important thing that you can develop, by the way, everybody talks about the highest value skill. The highest value mm -hmm. skill is learning how to create and maintain high-level relationships. Everything flows from that, right? And by the way, something that I love that you said is that can the single mom do it? The reality is, is yes, right? We've had actually, um, I was talking the other day, I won't use your real name, but about a girl that came from a super abusive situation. She was Mm -hmm. living in a woman's shelter. Her own parents tried to rat her out to the guy that was abusing her. So she did a legal name change. She moved to Las Vegas with her two-year-old daughter. And quite frankly, when she arrived, there was no job. There was nothing. They were homeless for a while. Can you imagine being homeless with a two-year-old and she's just like trying to find a place to stay? Anyways, she came into our program. And again, this is basically paint by numbers, right? Like once you learn the recipe of how to make cupcakes, you can make as many cupcakes as you want. Mm -hmm. So she had zero It does not take money to make money. Money, resources follows resourcefulness, right? That's where it is. Resources Mm -hmm. follow resourcefulness. And now she's, uh, I I believe last time I chatted with her, she had about 125 cash in the bank, 125,000 that is. -hmm. She owns, uh, I think it's 16 properties that she's collecting rent with and she's buying and flipping properties and she doesn't really have a job. She's actually a volunteer at her daughter's school. And when she wants to go out, make money, she knows how to do that. So the reality is, is All of this stuff is accessible. We kind of have like three laws in uh, a program that I teach called Predictable Millionaire. And I love that title, predictable, because predictable means safe, right? And what makes it predictable? I'm going to suggest that it's the fact that I interviewed 700 millionaires. Mm -hmm. I had, uh, maybe before I share the laws, let me share this interesting insight. So I was doing an event in London, England once, and I had a barrister, what, what we in North America call the lawyer. And he came up to me and he says, "Um, in his British accent, really sophisticated, like, and I love that accent." He says mm, to essence. me, "Um, you you know, if I was in a court of law and I had to prove a fact, if I had uh, you know, one or two expert witnesses, like someone who has experience in the industry, somebody who knows what they're doing, somebody who's you know could be a credible witness as as, as this expert witness," he says, "If I had two or three of those, I could demonstrate a fact." He says, "But if I had six, I'd do it even better. If I had twelve, no disputing, I know." All the facts. This is the truth. But he mm-hmm. said to me, "He goes, you've interviewed seven hundred millionaires. You've got the most predictable path on the planet. Is how anyone can literally do this by applying these principles. So here's the three laws. I'm going to encourage you to write these down. They don't just apply to money; they apply to everything. So law number one: If others have done it, you can do it too. You know, it's interesting. When I went to my high school 10 year anniversary, I, I, I you know, every day I've got different vehicles I drive, but I just happen to come in the, in a Ferrari. And I, I don't do I'm not like most people where I park my Ferrari and I drive it only on the sunny days. I drive it all the time, right? Because why buy it? Right. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I come from a background of practicality, not this luxury. So I had this kid as I was getting out of my Ferrari, a schoolmate of mine said, Oh, not everyone can be rich. Well, you know what my response to him was is not everybody has to be poor. So mm. you get to decide. So if others have done it, you can do it too. It exists, you you know, have that shift in the mindset. The next law, law number two is if you follow how others have done it, you will do it too, right? So there's patterns, there's recognized things. You've heard that success leaves clues. The problem is, is most of the gurus that are out there, like I said, are sharing what they learned in someone else's book. So for example, this idea of step out of your comfort zone, total bullcrap. I never saw one of the top achievers that I interviewed or one of the millionaires that I interviewed ever focus on getting out of their comfort zone. What they do is they focus on getting into their brilliance zone, the thing that they're really good at, the thing where they really make money, the thing where they're really smart, and the things that they're not comfortable with, they delegate or they hire people, mm-hmm. right? So we've got to understand that we have an area of expertise. In fact, one of the sayings that I often share with my entrepreneur clients is that mastery equals monopoly. When you're so good at something that no one can come near you, you literally can write your own price tag. So if you've got like coaches and authors out there, guys, focus on becoming the very best at what you can, right? What you do, you need to be the best at. And then law number three, the final law is just if you stay focused and committed to the path that others have used, you will do it too. The reality is, is uh, this idea of get rich quick does not work. Get rich right does. Get Rich Smart does. And for everybody, it's a different length of time and it's a different path. For Mm -hmm. a self-made business person, right? Right now, the average length of time is around 24 months. For a business person who's doing business, well, for a real estate guy, it's not the same, right? If you're super focused and you do good real estate, I know people who've literally inside a day done a million dollars, right? So the path is different, so you've got to be also careful. Now, if we're talking also, I know you're all in in a mindset, and I love this, because I study prosperity consciousness at a deeper level. I mean, you're dealing with 700 millionaires. You're going to learn some things about prosperity consciousness. Mm -hmm. But one of the biggest challenges with scarcity consciousness is comparison. When you start saying, oh, that guy did it in in three months. This guy did it in two years. I'll never be able to do it. I don't have what he has, blah, blah, blah. Well, all of a sudden, you shut all the doors for you to be able Mm -hmm. to do it. And by the way, another thing that's just devastating, like I I mentioned, I I did a um, a 26 city tour with the speakers from The Secret. And while I was there, everybody wants to know about money. And so you've got some really well-intentioned people. Many of the people from The Secret have made a lot of money, but not all of them. And they're sharing their idea about vibrational energy and connecting with these things. And they're talking about what their version of prosperity consciousness is. Well, let's sum it up. There's really three points. Consciousness starts with awareness, right? That's even what the word means. So first of all, if you want to become a millionaire, you've got to be aware that there's people that are out there that have done it. You've got to be aware that there's patterns that you can follow. You've got to be aware that there's daily habits, that some habits are going to help you, others are going to not. And the reality is, is uh, because there's a million different kinds of millionaires, your path is out there. It's not a matter of thinking outside the box. It's finding the right box to think in. That's really Mm -hmm. what it is. The second step of prosperity consciousness is measuring that awareness against your values and beliefs. Do you believe you can do it? Is it something that you want enough? John Demartini, who's one of my best friends, you know him from The Secret, he once said that everyone's wealthy, it just appears in the form that you value the most. And so if you have high values towards, say, immediate gratification, you'll never be wealthy. Because every time you go to the mall, you're going to find a pair of shoes that you like. Or you're going to Mm -hmm. go out to dinner or whatever. But if you value financial security or financial abundance, you will make different choices. So that leads us to the third element of consciousness. And that's if you know it, you do it. It's activity. The actions that you do. So once you're aware and you believe it, if you really, really believe it, it translates into activity. And now you're going to make life changes. Now, the interesting thing is, is when I was dealing with, with the, the event with the secret people, everybody's talking about affirmations. I suggest you add to that affirmations, which is, again, <laughs> the step-by-step things that yep. we learn from these millionaires day by day. And and the reality is, is money, again, every dollar is a seed, just like what we talked about in the beginning. So if you think about it like a big bucket that's out in the rain Drop by drop is how you're going to accumulate your wealth. And wealth arrives only two ways, either through events or through streams. Now, what do I mean by that? Events are, uh, for example, let's say you sell a property. You do a flip, you get it. Let's say you got a big contract with a client and you get that money, right? Let's say you get an inheritance or you win the lottery. Mm -hmm. It's a big event. You get your tax return. Well, the reality is, is events are wonderful, but they can't always be predicted. And they also don't happen regularly. Streams is the other way where money comes in little by little, the drop by drop by drop. And it's all what you do with it while it arrives. Now, obviously, you can acce- accelerate with different systems how quickly those drops arrive. But it's either going to be events or streams. And the analogy I like to use is, can, can you imagine if your heart beat once every six months? It doesn't really matter how much blood it gives you in that event, you're going to die. But yep. if you have streams, streams that pump regularly regularly. Right. Even if it doesn't give you that maximum amount of blood, it's flowing. I was just chatting Mm -hmm. with a friend of mine who is a billionaire earlier this week, and we're talking about the pandemic and the challenges are there. And he says, people say cash is king. It's not. Cash flow is king. There's a difference. Right. And so if we can get the streams going, then we begin to survive. And it doesn't take a lot. In fact, one of the things that I teach a lot in our wealth trainings is if you can even generate a a passive income stream that generates even, say, $60 a month, most people say, Mm ah, $60 doesn't make a difference to my bottom line. I blow that at a night at the movies. Well, the reality is that $60, if you were to walk along the road and you saw $60 there, would you pick it up? Of course you would. Yeah. If you walk there yeah. next month, would you pick it up again? Again, every month, would you pick it up? Yes. And so, if we look at what our financial freedom really looks like, let let's say that your bills every month are, let's say, five grand. Well, you are here with five grand, but now you've just got six thousand that comes in autom- or sixty that comes in automatically. Mm -hmm. Well, if you can duplicate that, now you're up to 120 that comes in automatically. You don't have to produce as much. So if you have a day job because you need that $5,000 a month and you've got now 120 coming up, you can justify working less because you've got part of that gap filled. Mm -hmm. And if you can do it again and again and again till you get to the level of 5,000, now you're financially free. And by the way, that's a big thing most people don't understand. At my seminar, sometimes I'll say, what does financial freedom look like? And immediately people will describe, well, it's doing what I want, traveling the world, spending time with who I want, you know, not having any stress about money, blah, blah, blah. That's, none of that is financial freedom. None of that is. Financial freedom is a specific number, right? So if you yep. go and you add up what you really have to come up with every month. Your mortgage, your car payments, your groceries, your utilities, your Mm -hmm. insurances, all that. You're going to come up with a number. That's your financial freedom. When you can meet that number with income streams that are not attached to your time, meaning they're systematized, which means you're either delegating it or automate it. That's only two ways you can systematize. As -hmm. soon as you've got that coming into 5,000, you're financially free, right? Then you start working on your financial abundance number. What is it you really want to live the lifestyle that you want? Right. So anyways, those hopefully hopefully helpful.
0: I like some of those points. Uh, First, I'm very, very gratified. You mentioned a couple things that I've been sort of discovering Mm. on my own Um, uh, values, particularly one of the exercises I now do is help people identify their values and not values like honesty and integrity, but values like taking a nap. There's an entrepreneur I know she needs a nap in the afternoon. And if she doesn't get it, she's tired all day. Her life is miserable. It doesn't matter if she can make another hundred thousand dollars a year. If she loses the nap, life sucks.
1: And she knows and, that. And, so and even this wouldn't. idea, I, I love this idea of even $100,000 a year. You know, what's funny is um, a lot of times at my event, I'll ask people, like people come up to me and say they want to be a millionaire, right? And I'll never mm-hmm. forget. I was at this event a handful of years ago uh, in Las Vegas. This guy comes up to me before the event started. He's like, oh, so giddy. He's like, I'm so happy to be at this event. And I'm like, oh, great. I hope you'll have a really good time and I hope it'll be useful. And, and then he says, the reason I came is I want to be a millionaire. And my answer when everybody says they want to be a millionaire is why? Mm -hmm. And he's right away. He's like, well, uh, the truth is most people take that cue of millionaire from other people. They've never Mm -hmm. really thought about it in comparison to their own values. Yeah. Yeah. And so he says to me this, he goes, um, well, I would love to to live on the beach one day. I said to him, you know, what's interesting. Uh, I used to live in California, as we mentioned. I don't know if anybody who's listening right now has been to Venice beach, for example. There's a lot of homeless people that live on the beach. None of them has that million dollars. So you don't have to have a million dollars to go live on the beach, I said to him. And then I also pointed out there's another fellow that I know in Acomal Beach, Mexico, on the Mayan Riviera. He runs a scuba diving shop where they rent out scuba diving equipment. His house and his shop are on the beach. He's not a millionaire either. So here's mm-hmm. the deal. If we actually chunk it down, first of all, there's a lot of beaches around the world. In yep. fact, I just got back from Bali n- not too long ago. And I can promise you, you can find a very nice house on the beach, even starting at, you know, hundred K, right? Yep. So you don't need a million dollars to sometimes achieve yep. the things that you really want. I, I got a friend you who owns island. You just need to island. think through it. Yeah. Friend right? friend
0: owns a private island. I think it was four uh, hundred, five hundred thousand 400, $500,000. Okay. So the there you go. Right? Same cost of house, house in Rochester County.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So I think the thing that a lot of people really need to discover when it comes to their value is to look at it. Like here's another story. Now I mentioned uh you know that I have a Ferrari. I've actually owned a few over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just happen to like them. And if you don't like Ferrari, that's fine, judge me. Um, you know, it's funny, I'm right over here at my parents, and what I drove today is that uh Ducati right there. Okay, so mm-hmm. today I'm driving a motorcycle, nice, so bien, nice. Right. So needless to say, Um, the first time that I I looked at getting a Ferrari, I had somebody tell me, well, put it on your vision board. Oh yeah. So I cut out a picture and I slapped it on the vision board. I had one of my mentors who actually, um, isn't a personal development guy, but a wealthy guy come in and say, what's this? You got a picture a thing full of all this stuff. He goes, I heard of these vision boards before he goes, but you know what? You're doing it wrong. I said, what do you mean you're doing it wrong? And then he said, you need to write down a few other things. Now, this is for your listeners. A goal Mm -hmm. that is specific and clear becomes attainable and near. Write that down. Mm. A goal that is specific and clear becomes attainable and near. And there's two ways to measure success. I love what Stephen Covey said in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He said many people climb the ladder of success to find that it's leaning against the wrong wall. So it's not just being clear with a goal. It's what are your feelings behind it too. So Mm -hmm. according to my friend, he said on your vision board, first of all, if you've got a Ferrari, you should also write a statement next to that why you want it. Mm -hmm. Because your why power becomes your willpower. Right. If you don't have a strong why, you're never going to have a strong will. So I wrote that. Then he said, and, you know, the other thing you got to write next that Ferrari is how much does it cost and what model do you really want? And start describing it in detail. Well, you know what? Oh, my gosh. I thought I just wanted a Ferrari. I didn't realize it was all these different models. I didn't realize there's all these different price points. I didn't realize. And a lot of people are the same way. So get this. So I wrote down what I wanted at the time. Uh, I still remember it was a 360 Medina Spider. Okay. So some of you might not know what that car is. Look it up. Beautiful Ferrari. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's got one of the more timeless designs, like a Testarossa. You can see, oh yeah, that's 1980s kind of sucks. Old man's old car. Right. <laughs> but the 360 spider, I thought this looks modern and it's cool and it's timeless. So I wrote that down and I wrote down the price, et cetera. Now, The reality is, is when we hit the 2008 recession, remember everybody had financial troubles? Well, the reality is a lot of guys couldn't make the payments on their exotic cars. So they took them back to dealerships, right? And so I now started looking at Ferraris that got brought back. People Mm. couldn't make the payments. And by the way, this is another thing with Mm -hmm. wealthy people. Don't ever buy a new car. All the depreciation is in your hands now, right? Don't buy the new car. So I'm going to, you know, what do we say? Bad investors. Help good investors. That's just mm-hmm. the way that it is. If you yep. want to be successful, you've got to find people that are doing it wrong. And you're going, to, you're going to help them out of a jam. You're not taking advantage. You're helping them out of a jam. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're going to benefit. So anyways, <clears throat> I went to the dealerships. I saw a variety of cars. So I kind of started knowing what they were priced. And what I just basically did is I left my card at a, a variety of dealers. And I said, this is what I'm willing to pay. If ever you want to get rid of this car, you reach out to me. No kidding. I had like seven or eight people call me. Over the space of that year, mm-hmm. I found one in West Palm Beach, Florida. I thought it was amazing, and I literally saved about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars by paying cash. Right there, you go. So we'll talk later in the master class about how to negotiate. But mm-hmm. the reality is, is there's always good opportunities. But I never would have been able to do that deal had I kind of known what the price really was or what it was in advance i had clarity around what the expectations that i had were and so when something showed up that was way undervalued and it was a good opportunity i was educated enough that i could take advantage of it and this is the same thing too if we're talking about like investing everybody says well it's so risky it's only risk cuz you're not educated mm-hmm. you know you do you do a bunch of deals like this it no longer is risk it's now evaluation So your biggest goal for you, if you ever want to become wealthy, is it really starts with learning. In fact, here's something funny. One of the top achievers that I interviewed, I'll never forget, he had a little sign on his desk. Now, you've heard the saying that says, the buck stops here, right? You've Mm -hmm. heard that, right? His little sign, his little sign, it was different. It said, the buck starts here, right? And then I asked him about that. What do you mean, starts here? And he goes, no, no, it doesn't really start on my desk. It starts right here. The dollar starts here. Yep. And it can only do that if you you know if if you really want to become wealthy first of all you've got to find your lane, right? So what do you want to focus on? And then you need to get educated on it. In fact the way we describe it in our training is you need to increase the probability that it will occur. And there's a handful of things you can do to increase the probability. First of all, like I said, by what you learned. If you start knowing more about it, chances are you can now act on it and you can recognize the opportunities. The people that you meet, again, those that you surround yourself with, not only are they able to you know, uplevel your thinking, but your network, before it becomes your net worth, your network mm-hmm. becomes your safety net. These are the people that answer your questions, that help you see opportunities. They're the people that, right? There's also something I discovered in interviewing millionaires, especially in the investment part, and and also in others. But that by the time uh, an opportunity becomes public, all the money's been made. So the closer you get to the source, the more likely it is you're going to be successful. Right. So if there's a real estate deal that someone's going to put on the market, generally, if you're one of the first ones to get involved, you're going to do a lot better. Or business or investment, fill in the Mm -hmm. blank. Right. The other way that we learn probability or increase that probability is the geography. For example, many people uh, are content to be at home watching Netflix. Well, that's not going to really make you any money. If you're now out at a networking event and you're meeting Mm -hmm. with people and you're connecting with people, well, the likelihood that you're going to be able to find out something that you can do or learn is increased right? Go get a coach, go get a mentor, go to a seminar, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you already feel like you know it all, you're going to meet people who are going to have resonance with you. And then, you know, I mean, there's a lot of other things, activities that you can do, right? The actions that you take. But I think one of the biggest things about frequency or about uh, probability is, is the frequency of which you're doing it too. So you mm-hmm. can't just go out and meet people once and say, Well, I'm done for the year. Or you can't just go read a book and say, I'm done for the year. Brian Tracy, a really good friend of mine, once said something interesting. He says, If you wanna rise to the top 10% in your field, you should be reading a book a month on that subject.
0: Mm-hmm. Again,
1: mastery again equals monopoly, right? And so we can we can really eliminate that risk and increase the probability by just becoming very immersed. And so we literally become experts in what we're trying to learn. Yeah.
0: Right. And so I, I want to kind of rewrite, rewrite the tape of of life all the way back. Um, yeah. What you're saying here is incredible. Um, but a lot of it, you know, once you have a some income stream, once you have some dollars. A lot of the people I talk to, they're they're not watching Netflix because they're lazy, they're watching Netflix because they're exhausted. They work two jobs, they've got yep. kids, maybe they got a health issue, they've got whatever, and they just they, they got nothing left. Yeah. So so you know, because sometimes you have advice, well, just work or, work a job after your job and and you know, from six to midnight, you'll do all the work to build your business. And they're like, I can barely and, stay awake from six to midnight. And, and that doesn't
1: so, work anyways. Yeah.
0: yeah so it's so over that yeah. for that person who's they've got no financial assets and they're exhausted. Uh, and overwhelmed. Well, what's the first step? How do they, how do they get out okay, of that so, trap so, so, and onto the So you,
1: you, said, you said a couple things that I think are really important. Number one, there's a lot of talk in today's marketplace right now by people who have absolutely no freaking clue what they're talking about. And they're telling you to hustle, to grind, mm-hmm. wake up early, be part of the 5 a.m. club, stay up late, take massive action. You know what? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it tells me right away that those people have no freaking clue what they're talking about because all the top entrepreneurs and millionaires that I've ever interviewed are not in the game to hustle. They're not there to work harder. They're there to work smarter. And yep. so the first thing I'm going to tell you is don't take massive action. Take deliberate action. You need to st- start learning from people who are really doing the right things. In fact, have you ever noticed those hustle and grind folks? They tell you to get busy, but they never tell you really what to do. Their, right, their right. cure-all is get busy. Business is not busyness, and neither is wealth making. Here's one thing I'll just tell you right off the bat. All wealth and success, no matter what it is, is built by a team. So you've got to stop thinking, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. That's another lie that personal development tells us. If, mm-hmm. if it's meant to be, it'll start with you, meaning you'll get the ideas, but you need to then supplement that with teams and, and individuals to help you as quickly as possible, which can include a mentor and others. If you mm-hmm. think about it, let's just use that example. Uh, they say Edmund, uh, Edmund Hillary. Sir Edmund Hillary was the first guy to climb Mount Everest, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he gets the credit. But what people forget is that he had guys navigating it, funding the mission, yep, people yep, yep. carrying his crap up to the top, Sherpas that were all there. Same. People win an Academy Award or a gold medal. They're up there accepting that little award. Nobody ever talks about their coaches or the crew or the nutritionist mm-hmm. or if a movie, the guy that wrote the screenplay or the guy was holding the camera or running the lighting. None of these guys do it by themselves. And mm-hmm. if you think you're going to do it by yourself, you're a fool so wealth success always a team sport so now let's go back to this idea we talked a little bit so if we've got the idea that we're going to take deliberate action we're going to mm-hmm. find a team now you say deliberate kind of, action you
0: mean like small things over and over again as opposed
1: to no, one not, big not just small things but the right things okay right right to do the right things to know what the right things are um but the other thing is is every little action has consequence now I know we don't have a ton of time to get into this today, so I'm just Mm going to refer you guys to – I just recently did a visit on Fox Business News talking about uh, the difference between a money manager and a money strategist. Okay, And this is maybe the easiest way to talk about this. A money manager, every month they get their paycheck – And they get their bills and they match the two together. And if there's a little bit left over, they feel like victory. That was the mission. I've got 200 bucks left over. I'm going to go to the mall. We'll buy lunch there at the food court. We'll go to a movie. Mm -hmm. We'll buy a new pair of shoes. And then we'll repeat this again next month. A money strategist is different. A money strategist, they do the same thing in the beginning. They get that $200 that's left over. But now, how can they make themselves in a better position for the next 30-day money cycle? Mm -hmm. So they now find a way. Uh, and by the way, there's only three places you can spend money, quality of life to create or to contribute. They now look at how they can contribute, co- create. So what is it that I can either invest in or maybe build an asset that can be sold? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I can invest in, uh, you know, something that will pay me a cash flow dividend. Maybe I can put it into an account that will accumulate more interest than normal. So they're looking always for what can I do to create a better situation? right? Mm-hmm. And here's something interesting. Um, I was chatting with, you remember I mentioned my billionaire friend that I was with earlier this week. I was chatting yep, with yep. him at a, a lunch a handful of years ago. And i remember we were talking about the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. You guys have heard that. And it talks about pay yourself first, right? Mm-hmm. We all hear this idea of pay yourself first. And so I want to know, what does a billionaire think about that idea? And he said to me, well, it's a good idea if you do it right. Most people are doing it wrong. For them, mm-hmm. pay yourself first means to just kind of either tuck it in the savings account or maybe they do a small yield investment. Maybe they do. Well, it's interesting. He used this analogy, and I've loved it ever since. He said, imagine you're on the boat, the Titanic, and you guys have just hit the iceberg. You know, pay yourself first means you're going to go find a lifeboat. You're going to climb inside. You're going to sit there selfishly, wait till they, they, they take care of you. That's a selfish approach. The money's yep. in your pocket. He goes, what would we do in real life? We don't do that. And that pay yourself first doesn't work for so many people because the true value system isn't aligned with taking care of yourself. Like most of us are not selfish people. We want to take mm-hmm, care of our mm-hmm. families. We want to take care of our customers. We want to take care of other people. So he goes, that approach, again, it, it, it's good maybe in theory to keep yourself safe on a boat, but it doesn't mm-hmm. work in real life. So he said to me, he goes, what would you do if you jumped on the, the Titanic, right? And, you're, and we just hit the iceberg. Well, I said... I'm going to hop onto the lifeboat, but I'm going to make sure my family comes. I'm going to make sure there's a dude with a flare gun because we got to get found, right? A guy Mm -hmm. that knows how to keep this boat afloat, maybe fish off the side of it. And if we go to a deserted island, I need a guy that builds shelters, Mm -hmm. another guy that can navigate and maybe help. Like, I want the whole team that can help us. Then my friend pointed out this. He said, here's something that I heard Steve Jobs say as a quote once. He said, we don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. Mm, Then he pointed out that paying yourself first really means, again, to put yourself in that better position. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting that as I interviewed, again, these 700 millionaires and the 400 of the world's top entrepreneurs, many of them in starting their business, they actually paid themselves last. They actually hired smarter people and made sure they were taken care of. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know the story again of Steve Jobs, but he spent all his money on getting the right people and the right tools in his business. He didn't even have money. He was sleeping on other people's couches, and he was getting his dinner over at the Hare Krishna temple because he didn't yeah. have any money for that. So most people with this idea of wealth, they, 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 you know, you hear these foolish gurus say that you, know, you can have your cake and eat it too, Right. Because you've heard that saying, you can't have your cake and eat it. Well, the reality Mm -hmm. is you need to bake your fricking cake before you can eat it. And most people don't understand that you can't be in two places at once. So -hmm. there will be a time of sacrifice. What do we say? You pay now so you can play later with interest. Mm -hmm. If you try to play now, you're gonna get nothing later. Rich people do what's hard first so they can do what's easy later. And so there will be, I won't lie to you, there will be a degree of sacrifice there will be a degree of you need to say, I got to just hold off on the immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. Now, the good news is, is that I will tell you that if you do it right, you will be incredibly surprised at how short that payment phase is until your best employee, by the way, is money. Your very Mm -hmm. best employee is money. It never calls in sick, never disobeys orders, never tells you what to do, never changes its mind. So if you put your money in the right places and you get it working slowly but surely, even an extra Mm -hmm. 100 bucks a month if you get it doing the right things, and then you do that again next month, then next month, and next month, compound interest what does Albert Einstein said is the most powerful force in the universe. But most yep. people are looking at like onesies and twosies. Let's get 6% on our money. Let's get 8%. I've got stuff that I found that literally I've got one right now. I'm doing 40% of my money. I've got another one. I'm doing 100, 120% of my money. Uh, so there's opportunities out there. Again, yeah. even you as a business owner, you've probably got ways you can take your dollar and multiply it exponentially because you know, your business, you've got clients that would serve you. And even throwing that in, say as marketing, you could turn it into a hundred times what it is, right? So you've just got to be creative. Um, uh, but, anyways, I, ha- happy to share more as we.
0: Yeah, I, I think one of the key things for the for you know the, the exhausted person. because um, yeah. Again, I think you know they're listening to this. they would be like, yeah, sure that that works for you, but I tried it, it didn't work. Is the mindset if, if you have the belief mm. of it can be done, and I'm going to fail ten times before I get there, but I just have to keep trying, then you'll figure it out. Because now, hey. Who's around me? What are the opportunities? What's here? But I think a lot of people get stuck in this trap of, I tried it. I tried investing. I tried sacrificing. It didn't pay off. It blew up. Um, and of course,
1: all their friends and family around it's them it, telling them, telling them like, doing, she told you so. Yeah, yeah, they're doing it the wrong way. And the other thing that I'm going to share, which is really interesting, like, mm-hmm. and, and this is a bit dishonest, too, that we hear, is that Albert Einstein was the greatest, um, you know, inventor of all time. Right. And that's that's not true, actually. Uh, And we hear with that also that he spent 10,000 times uh, to try to do the light bulb. Right. Well, that's that's not true either. No, he didn't try 10,000 times. You know, the true story behind the light bulb. Someone else, this guy in France actually had already patented and and created it. And Mm -hmm. Albert Einstein, or um, not Albert Einstein, Tom Tom Zetson, sorry. He took that patent and they started working to improve it. So he's uh, not okay. even the best inventor; he's the best innovator. That's really yeah. what he is. And so, what I'm going to yeah. tell you is, I don't want you to uh, go out there and, you know, try and invent the wheel. That's why most of these guys fail in business. Yeah, I tried a business and, you know, it didn't work. And your cousin told you, you know, he tried a business, it didn't work, and everybody around it doesn't work. So don't try it. That's because you're trying to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. right so what you need to do is what confucius said confucius said that there's three ways to learn wisdom the first is reflection that's how we learn wisdom so in other words you meditate on it you think mm-hmm. about it well the reality is every one of us in the shower has had a good idea right they say like harvard said that the average person has six ideas that will could be generated into a million dollar business per year true i believe it but i also believe that a lot of entrepreneurs i know like me i've got add and hd right? Like ADD, Mm -hmm. HD, it's ADD and HD. That's what it is. High definition, ADD. And (laughs) the reality is, is I've got $6 million ideas sometimes in a day. And I know some of your listeners have the same thing. So the challenge with reflection is, is if you're in the shower and you have this idea for a $400,000 or a million dollar company, and you've never built more than $400,000 before, you'll never know the systems to do it. So that won't work always. The next is hard work. Confucius says we can you know, learn wisdom through hard work. Well, that's a school of hard knocks. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a really awesome book called Outliers, where mm-hmm. he identified that it takes more than 10,000 hours to become an expert in any given thing. So right. your hard work, you're going to die with your music stealing you. But the last way to do it, that Confucius said, is to imitate. So we find someone that's doing it, and we simply duplicate and mm-hmm. we replicate what they have done. The problem with most people is they have not had access to enough millionaires to see how it's really done. Yep. Right. And so that's kind of one of the things that we solve in our program. We show you what we learned from 700 millionaires. So you've actually got the real specifics and and it's not you know, we do share a lot of nice, motivational, feel good stories. But what we share with you is the patterns which are more important than just the antidotes. Right. You need to know the actual step by step checklist. Today's a Thursday. What should I be doing at 10 a.m.? Today mm-hmm. at 11, what should I be doing at 11? And so on and so forth. And if you start building even a portion of those patterns, as you can imagine, success begins to rub off on you. It's not going to arrive all at once, but slowly but surely, you're going to see yep. things multiply and compound until suddenly you've got the skill set yourself, right? And, and that's how and it's that's created.
0: A, and that's a great segue because I know you need to get off to, to do a class in a couple minutes. But uh, but so if somebody wants to follow up, wants to you know get into this program, wants to learn more about you, where where should we send them?
1: Um, probably the best place is to, I've got a really cool Facebook group called predictable millionaire. It's free. There's lots of tools that are in there. If you go into Facebook and you just type in predictable millionaire, you're going to come up with, uh, you know, all of this stuff Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, join our tribe if you get our vibe and, uh. You know, Our goal is really just to help people to create new financial outcomes and circumstances. So again, yeah. come and come and join us. There's no charge to do it. And we've got lots of great stuff that'll immediately change everything for you.
0: And, and that's a great, you know, I met you because so I joined the Coaching Jungle Group. And immediately I started seeing people. And I'm like, I want to connect with these people. And yeah, it, it's mm. amazingly easy when you set your mind to, I want to connect with these very successful people. Um, you know, th- this wasn't a difficult process to get you on the show. Um, not say everyone should be calling you, get there on your own. Maybe they should. Uh, but I, I'm but happy to do it. Yeah, but, but I think a lot of people they think like, "Oh, oh, he he's a millionaire, he wouldn't want to get on my podcast. It's not big enough." And and people like you, you live the abundance mindset. Uh, you know, you've got it, you want to share it, you want to teach, you want to give back. And and so, you know, you're not going to tell someone, "Well, come back to me when you're successful or when you have money for my program." You're going to say, "How can yeah. I help you?" The reality is, is,
1: yeah, and the reality is, is I already make enough money. Yes, we do charge for our programs, they're definitely worth it, but I really don't need your money. So, we've got lots of free stuff that we share at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, To be honest with you, one of the things I discovered about myself along this whole journey some people like to play the Rubik's Cube or do a jigsaw puzzle or whatever it is. I love to solve these ideas of how do we go from where we are to creating extreme wealth. I love okay. that. That's that's my game. And if I'm doing it for myself, awesome. If I'm doing it for somebody else, awesome. I'm still finding that fun of playing that game, right? All right. So well, this come and join great. Us.
0: It has been fantastic having you on the show. You're actually the. I have a series of interviews lined up, but yours happened to lined up uh, first. So you're kicking off the whole third season of this podcast, interviewing lots of successful people. So we can.
1: Well, I'm happy uh, as to you come say, Yep. yep, happy to come back again and funny enough we can always also talk about that that idea of growing your network too because yes. again, people always ask me how did you get to 700 millionaires and they always ask me how did you get to 400 of the top entrepreneurs that are the biggest business leaders and they mm-hmm. also ask me how did you get to all these top personal development guys and how did you get them in your movies. And I've never paid any of them. Like none of them have ever received a payment from me to be in the film. Sure, we've given them some money to say thank you, but it's never been an obligation, right? So how do you get these Mm -hmm. kind of guys to help you? So I'm I'm happy to come back again. We can talk about a lot more. Yeah, no, definitely
0: definitely should follow up and do that. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. As I said, I know you need to get off and teach more people. Um, It's been great, but thank you so much. We'll connect again soon. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to, to support you, accountability partners. Who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, -connect jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.